Hello again and welcome. Thank you for joining us for the second of our seminars exploring the subject of word and letter, book and speech. My name is Lucy Barrett and I'll be hosting today along with Martin and Richard. Today's presentation will last about 40 minutes during which attendees mics will be muted. The talk will be followed by a question and answer session when attendees may unmute themselves. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Stephen Hertenstein. Stephen has been editor of the Society Journal since its inception in 1982 and is director of Anchor Publishing, which has an exciting schedule of forthcoming publications, including a new edition of Ibn Arabi's Prayers for the Week, translated by Stephen with Pablo Benito and based on the best surviving manuscripts. Stephen is also engaged in a new book, again with Pablo Benito, called Patterns of Contemplation, Ibn Arabi, Abdullah Bosnavi, and the Blessing Prayer of Effusion. This is a translation, critical edition, and analysis of a prayer on the reality of Muhammad attributed to Ibn Arabi. Furthermore, this year Stephen is planning an English translation of Ibn Arabi's book on the divine names, Kash Alm Anna, which will be translated from Pablo's Spanish edition. Of particular interest to attendees will be the publication of the book by last week's speaker, Dunya Rasic, The Written World of God, The Cosmic Script and the Art of Ibn Arabi, which will be published by Anchor later this year. Today, Stephen will be exploring our theme of word and letter book and speech through his talk, The Noble Letter with Multiple Aspects, The Letter Wow According to Ibn Arabi in Poetry and Prose. Stephen, please unmute yourself and begin your presentation when you're ready. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lucy, for the generous introduction. And thank you to the Narabi Society for uh, allowing me to give this talk. 40 minutes is uh, the time allotted. I have no idea how long we'll take because actually there's an enormous amount to say. So if at the end of it, I rush a bit, then maybe in the questions and answer session, we'll have time. So I'm going to share my screen with you. So uh, first thing to say is um, some of the images that I'm going to be using are uh, based on photographs I've taken in different parts of the world. For example, like this one, which is uh, from the Ulujami, the great mosque of Bursa, which is covered in extraordinary calligraphy. And here you can see one of the, the wonderful four wows. Next screen. So I want to start with a little quotation, uh, which I came across recently. What an amazing job the pen does. Drinking in darkness and pouring out light. This was written by an Andalusian man from Cordoba about a hundred years before Ibn Arabi. And uh, it says a great deal about writing and many other things besides, but it also contains 
the letter that I'm going to talk about today, which is in the and. So, Zulmatan wa Nuran, darkness and light. So I wanted to start with this wow, this letter, which is actually also a word in its meaning of and, connecting any two things, actions, here we have opposite principles, And then a small quotation from René Guénon. The letters of the book are in principle all written simultaneously and indivisibly by the divine pen. These transcendent letters are the eternal essences or the divine ideas. And since every letter is at the same time a number, the agreement of this teaching with Pythagorean doctrine is evident. These same transcendent letters, which are all the creatures, after having been principially condensed in the divine omniscience, have, by the divine breath, been transferred down to the lower planes and have formed and composed the manifested universe. So, as you can tell, we are talking about a most enormous subject in taking this on. And first of all, I wanted to begin with this quotation because it sets the scene really for two levels of letters. One that René Guénon has called transcendent letters and the others which are transferred down to the lower planes and composed the whole of the manifested universe, all creatures. So in that sense, we are all letters. But let's begin at the beginning, really. So what is a letter? I mean, for most of us, it's quite simply something that makes up a word, which we learned years ago when we learned our ABC at school. But for Ibn Arabi and those who follow him, and the whole conception of letter is quite different. So this talk is going to be an exploration of one letter, but... It's particularly rich in meaning for Ibn Arabi, the letter wow. And if I had time, then I would probably ask you to just note down somewhere what you know about this letter. What does it signify for you? I mean, if you have Arabic, you will have some ideas. It might be quite a long answer, in fact. But if you don't have any Arabic, maybe you'd be quite short. So before I get into the detail of this, let me just say I want to thank Pablo Benito, my friend and collaborator on so many books and works. And what follows is some of what will be in our forthcoming book on the patterns of contemplation. And I also want to acknowledge big debt to a book that I really started to discover because of this talk, a book by Keith Critchlow, called The Hidden Geometry of Flowers. So as you go through this, some of the pictures, I have utilized his drawings. So let's start with Ibn Arabi's discussion. He says that letters have three degrees, letters in thought, letters in speech, letters in writing. And this is in a book that he devoted to three particular letters, which are very unusual. And I'll say something about them in a minute. And you can see a little picture of the 
graphic form of a wow in the bottom, which is basically a kind of circle with a tail on it. So let's go through some of these ideas. First of all, there is a basic principle with Ibn Arabi that the letters are a living community. They are like us in that respect. They have life. Because for Ibn Arabi, everything is alive. And the restriction that we put on life is rather like the restriction that we put on our idea of letters. And like all communities, they reflect the whole realm of manifestation, high and low. So each letter points both to itself and to its origin. So the three aspects that Ibn Arabi lays out about the letter, thought, speech, writing, I'm going to go through just very quickly the whole idea of the wow. Let's start with the grammar side. Um, it's what we call in English a linker. So it's actually a, a word which means and, a conjunction. So we have ayam wa layali, days and nights. So it doesn't matter what it joins, it'll join anything with anything else. It also has another function which is similar to this conjunction function, meaning it's associated with. So Sirnawa Nil means we traveled along the Nile. Literally, we traveled and the Nile. In English, we would translate it by a preposition. And the second one, he died when he was returning to Mecca. And in the Arabic, the when is actually and, or looks like an and. So this is a different meaning for this wow but it has the same basis of linking one action or thought with another. And finally, you've probably come across it, people who, who swear by something, who make an oath. Wallahi is very common in the Arab world. By God, we would translate it as. And very common in the, in the Quran, Watin, the beginning of the surah, by the fig, we would translate it as. So we have already three variations simply in terms of how this word functions in a sentence. But let's move on to what happens when it's spoken. So as a letter, the letter W is the final labial, the last letter that you can pronounce on the lips. That's very significant because that means that after, after this, there's nothing else. There's no other sound that a human being can make. Uh, you can try this at home whenever you like, if you want to try the, the letters M, B, and W, and you feel how they are on the lips, you'll see that the W sound is the very last. So this is, uh, if this is the last, then you might ask, what is the first? So the first one, in terms of sound, not in terms necessarily of letter, but in terms of the sound, would be a H, which is a, a, a simply an articulation of the breath. And if you put the two together, as we'll see, you come up with the word Ua, or Ooh. 
So when Ibn Arabi is discussing this letter, he says, Alif, which in that sense is the principle of letter, belongs to him. And wow means you. There is nothing in existence but God and you. So already we are taking the discussion into an area where this wow includes every conceivable sound and possibility of speech. In writing, we also have to consider it. So as I've said, it looks like a little circle with a tail, but we'll find it written in important words. So I mentioned who or hua. It also appears in the name wadud twice, and it also appears in the name now, sometimes in his poetry, Ibn Arabi is concentrating on one of these three. So, for example, the first one is something we're going to talk about quite a bit. The middle one appears in a set of poems uh, devoted to the letter Wow in another place in his Diwan. And the last one appears in the prayers when he's talking about the letter Wow as uh, determining the Monday Eve prayer. So, a noble letter. This is what he writes in one of his works. The, the wow is a noble letter, or an eminent letter, a sharif letter, with multiple aspects and a rare and sublime source of knowledge. It is the first perfect number. It has a value of six and is made up of a half, which is three parts, a third, which is two parts, and a sixth, which is one part, adding up to a total of one whole, which is six. Notice how he's doing the, the one and the six. The wow is engendered from two noble letters, the ba, which has a value of two, and the jim, which has a value of three. The wow has the properties of the number six, as well as the properties of the numbers two and three. So this appears in his kitab al-mim wal-wow wal-noon on these three letters. And just to explain something that if you're not familiar with what the Greeks knew as perfect numbers, it's a number where if you add up the component parts, they come to the same total as the multiplication of the component parts, in this case, one, two, and three. Uh, the second number in the sequence, by the way, is 28, which also is a very important number in terms of cosmic manifestation, but six is the first one. So what's important about this to note is that the very first thing that Ibn Arabi reveals about the letter is its number, its numerical value. For most of us, number and letter are really regarded as different arenas, and we wouldn't associate a number with, for example, the letter W. So for most of us, six is one thing and W is another. We might also conceive of six days of creation if we'd had biblical training and the idea of resting at the weekend, which now seems sacrosanct. We might know enough about numbers in themselves to know that this idea of the perfect number goes back to the Pythagorean tradition. We might also know about the benzene ring 
where carbon and hydrogen atoms are combined in a six-fold combination. We can appreciate snowflakes, which are based on a six, and the cells of the beehive. Both of those reveal an extraordinary hexagonal structure. One of the things that Ibn Arabi says about number, which is sort of thrown in without much discussion, is that numbers are the first key. So here he is beginning to unlock the multiple aspects of the letter Wow directly with the key of number. And he goes on to say something more. The Wow is a letter which preserves itself particularly. This is why it's found within the heinous, the huia, as the heinous preserves the unseen and never appears in manifestation. Later, he says, by the way, that the heinous and the creator are identical. Um, so here we're, we're thinking of that which cannot be seen, that which is, abides in the unseen. So in this respect, the wow is more powerful than any other letter apart from the ha. Simply because it is found within the heinous. It is not only found in manifestation. All other letters are found in manifestation, but this letter is also found in the heinous. We'll find out what that comes to in a minute. The ha preserves itself and others, while the wow only preserves itself. The ha and the wow are the same as the hua, the he, which is referred to as heinous. So let's try and unpack some ideas in here which are important. We've got to think in terms of sixes and fives because the value of ha is five. The value of the wow is six. So in the top right, you can see a representation of a beehive. And here we have, it's built on hexagons. And you can see that there are six hexagons around each hexagon. So you can see that, that the idea that the, the wow preserves itself particularly can be represented in the structure of any hexagonal formation. We can also see it in terms of numbers. So if you have six times six, it becomes 36. Six times 36, 216, and so on. Six always appears at the end. And he says the ha, which is five, preserves itself and others. So if you have five and five, it's 25. Five times 25, one, two, five. And so on, six, two, five. You'll notice that the 20 is being preserved all the time through this sequence, as well as the five. He goes on to discuss this, but that would take us too far from where we're going. Let's just look at the form of the letter a little bit. Here you have a representation of hua and huia. So the hua side has two letters, the he and the wow. And if you look very closely on the bottom left, you'll see that hidden within the letter he is the letter wow. So now we have a different kind of contemplation. These are not just one letter put together with another, but also we have the very letter ha contains a wow in its writing. And this is very significant. 
And I should also say that a ha on its own is a simple circle, nothing else. So now let's look at another aspect of these of this letter. It's one of these what we call mirror letters, where the first letter and the last letter are identical. And it has a value of six, as we've seen. There are others like this. Last uh, year, I gave a talk on the noon, and it's also a mirror letter. This time it has a, a W or a wow in the middle of it. And the third one is the meme. It has M at the beginning, M at the end, the Y in the middle. Those are the values of the letters, by the way, 654. And this is how he describes the two wows. So the first wow is one thing and the second wow is another. The initial wow is the wow of Hinus, the huia. So we've just seen that the letter He contains a wow. So this initial wow belongs in the unseen, belongs in the Hinus. And the Ha is contained within it as five is contained within six. And the final wow is the wow of creation, the word is Kaun, which has a W in the middle, as you'll see. The wow manifests in creation and in the Hinus. Now we have three elements, all of which contain a wow. The creation, Kaun, has a wow in the middle of it. The and is a wow. In the Hinus, the Huia also has a wow. So three aspects are being played with here in terms of wow. So hence it is in the middle between heinous and creation, and that is B, kun, but it's not visible. So I need to explain a little bit about the grammar here. When you say kun, you can see there's a, a, a U in the middle of it, which is a vowel, not a consonant. So this vowel is in the shape of the wow but it's as if it hasn't uh, quite manifested yet. When it manifests, it comes out as kaun, as creation. So here we have these three words, huia, you can see the W, kaun, you can see the W, kun, you can see a prototype W, a single U, I mean, we could say a U and a W. And one other thing to notice, by the way, is there's an oddity about this book, Kitab al-Mim wal-Wa'u wal-Noon. The first letter is Mim, the second is the Wa'u, and the third is the Noon. So in terms of uh, numerical value, this is not in order. It's not four, five, six. It's actually four, six, five. Is this significant? Well, obviously, the significance of putting the wow in the middle is not to do with number, but is to do with its connectivity between two things. So far, let's have a recap, apart from snowflakes. We have a center which links two sides, like an and. We have the fact that it's the last of the letters, the last possible articulation. So it completes and fully expresses the very first, which we can say in this case is the ha. It's a mirror letter which contains two wows. 
So it's both within the ha and it expresses the ha. It's manifest in God and it's manifest in creation. So in one sense, it is first and last. It's not just last. And a little reflection in terms of numbers. As we've seen, six is made up of two and three. But it contains five in a rather mysterious fashion, which is that if you add all the digits up to five, you come to 15, you add the one and the five, and it makes six. Now, these numerical computations, calculations, were very well known uh, and certainly used by Ibn But let's look at another angle on this, which is, according to a, a science which the Greeks called isopsophia, where the, the values of different words coincide in the abjad system. So in this numericalization of letters, we come to certain totals. So we get equivalences between words with same totals. So kalb, heart, one, three, two, is also six. The name Muhammad with the five letters is also one, three, two, also six. And the name, the word Merkez or center is 15, also six. You can see that by contemplating the number of things, the number and the letter together, we're beginning to enter an area where things are connected, which are not connected intellectually. They're connected by virtue of their intrinsic sound and derivation. So now we're probably in a better position to consider the poem on the wow, which Ibn Arabi puts at the beginning of his Futuhat. This is a series of poems on each of the letters from Aleph all the way through to Lam Aleph, uh, which in this sense is considered the end. So he begins with Aleph and ends in Aleph. Um, he explains what he's doing in this second chapter. He's just described his meeting with the youth, and he says this next chapter on the letters is the very first mystery that he learned in contemplating the youth's constitution as a written book. So this was the first line he recited. Now, these poems on the letters are highly elusive. They're difficult to understand. They're even more difficult to translate. And most sensible people would avoid dealing with them. However, fools rush in. So let's hope the angels will accompany us. I wanted to begin with an image of uh, the first known copy of this poem. Uh, this is in the handwriting. This occurs at the end of the Ruch al-Quds, the book that he wrote in Mecca, uh, detailing uh, his experiences of people in the, in the West and some of the spiritual experiences he had. And... Um, at the end of the book, all these letter poems are put. It seems to be the first copy that was ever made. Now, this particular copy is in the hand of Sadruddin Connolly's father. 
And as you can see, there are three lines, but actually there's a fourth line in the red uh, because he forgot to put one in. The second image is Ibn Arabi's handwriting. Um, sorry about the image we got off a microfilm. This is a collection of the poems from the Futuchat, which he put together and recited together. And the final version comes from the Evkav Musesi collection in Istanbul and uh, is much more legible than the second one. And you'll notice, I think if my cursor can be seen, you'll notice there's an extra word. This occurs on two pages, which is why it looks a bit odd. But he's put in an extra word, which I'll come back to bait then. So this is the poem we're going to have a go at uh, analyzing and, and comprehending a little bit. But first of all, I'm going to ask my colleague Pablo to unmute himself. And if he would be very kind and read the poem for us in Arabic. Wa'u yaka agdasu min wujudi wa anfasu fahuwa ruhun mukammalu wa huwa sirrun musaddasu haythuma laha aynuhu qila ardun muqaddasu baytuhu sidratul aliyatu fina almuassasu Thank you so much. So here we go with a, with a translation. The first line reads, the wow of you alone is more holy than my being, more precious. For it is a perfected spirit and it is a sixfold mystery. Wherever its wholeness shines forth, it is said to be holy land. Its house, the high low tree, is founded in us. So it's a very mysterious poem with a lot of allusions. Let's try and unpack it as best we can. Let's start with the first two words, wow iaka, the wow of iaka. So normal translation of Iyaka would be you alone. The wow of you alone is more holy than my being, more precious. This, uh, for most of you, will be a familiar word because you will have come across it in the Fatiha. The middle line of the Fatiha is Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'in. So you can see before the second Iyaka, there is the wa, the and. It is you that we worship and adore, and it is you that we ask for help and support. So this wow of Iyaka maybe will refer in some way to this line in the Fatiha. So now we are going to have to go for a little uh, stroll through the Fatiha, uh, because this line is very interesting in the Fatiha. It is described as being shared between God and his servant. So in the Fatiha, as you no doubt be aware, we have seven verses beginning with the Basmala. 
And here we have it in Arabic and in transliteration. And you can see the first uh, lines from the Basmala. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Maliki yawmiddin. These are in praise and glorification of God. They belong to God. We have the middle line. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. This line is said to be shared between us, the we of the na, and the you of the ka. And then the final lines are about us. Ihdinas sirat al-mustaqim, sirat al-adhina namta alayhim, ghair al-makhdubi alayhim, wa-dalim. Guide us. So this last section is about guidance for us. So this Last part belongs to us, first part belongs to him, middle part is shared. So in this middle part, this is the middle line, we have a few curiosities to look at. First of all, if we take the syllables, we have six syllables, and then we have a wow, and then we have iyaka nastain. Six. The value of wow we've seen is six. So there's something curious already about the, the number six in the Fatiha, in the middle of the Fatiha. Not only that, but this wow is not simply the center of the central line, it's the center of the whole Fatiha. On top of that, if we take the value of the letters ba and da in na'bud, it comes to six. If we take the value of the letters in, in the nasta'in, the last two letters, also six. Now, some of these contemplations um, and many others besides were clearly well known to those who came after Ibn Arabi. I, can't, I don't have time to go into this circle drawing of a man called Aruyani. I've given you his dates. So we're talking about 200 years after Ibn Arabi. He was a Persian who, who went to live in, in Egypt. But if I take my cursor, upside down here, you can see the first part of the Fatiha, which belongs to God. Now, this whole semicircle at the top of the picture is what belongs to him. And the whole semicircle underneath belongs to us. So here, for example, we have the words Bahralim Khan, the sea of possibility. We are in the sea of possibility. Up here is Bahral Wujub, the sea of necessity. And this line across the middle is very interesting because it comes up with phrases like Qaba Qawsain, the meeting of the two arcs. Majma al-Bahrain, the meeting place of the two seas, and so on, other qualifications about the central line. And on either side of this central line, he has put Yaka Nabudu on the top half. It is you that we worship, and Wayaka Nastain is in the bottom half because there's something to do with being in this world that is related to the understanding of this. I personally am interested in, in whether this wow 
really belongs actually in the central line because it's neither one thing nor the other. It's the joining point of the two. Anyway, I don't have time to go into this drawing. It's a huge drawing. Let's go back to Wawiyaka Akdasu. The wow of you alone is more holy than my being. And let's think about what does he mean by saying this. So we've seen that the Wawiyaka is in some sense the very center of the Fatiha. It is also the central word of the, the line we've talked about. But if we take the syllables of this line, sorry, the, the, the numerical value of this line, and we toss it up, we come to a value of five. Now, the word iyaka itself has a value of five. We've seen that the, the wow has a value of six. So it is as if we are saying the six of the five. There is a sixth hidden within the five. So I've already explained about adding up the digits one to five, and you come to six. But then we have two things here going on. We have a wow at the beginning and a wow at the end. The wow of you alone is more holy than my being. So we have the first wow of the word wow belongs to you alone. It's the wow of the huia that we were talking about earlier. The last wow of my being is the wow of creation that we were talking about earlier. And then we have two other little elements in here. In the first part of the verse, the first hemistitch, we have akdas, which is related to the word kuds, uh, holiness. We then have the final word of the line, anfas, which is also related to the word nafs. So we have a already a polarity that is quite well known, kuds and nafs. So if we go on to the second and third lines, keep my eye on the time because we have lots to go through. Uh, we have interesting elements here. It is a perfected spirit, ruh, and it is a sixfold mystery, sirr. Wherever its wholeness shines forth, it is said to be holy land. So we have three elements here, perfected spirit, sixfold mystery, and holy land to think about. And we have the word that we've translated as wholeness, which is interesting, ainuhu in Arabic. We've translated it like this because we're very aware that the word ain means I, as well as source, as well as essence. So it means that the whole circularity of something, the all-inclusive essence of something. So when this all-inclusive essence of the wow shines forth, it is said to be holy land. I'm going to come back to the affected spirit in a minute in a different way. So you can see we have contrasts going on. We have a contrast between Ruch in the first line, the spirit, and land in the last line. We also have some sort of a contrast between Ruch and Sir, between spirit and mystery. 
And we also have to consider that the last word in this third line is muqaddas. In the first line, we saw aktas. Now, aktas and muqaddas is a polarity that will be familiar to many of you. Most holy and holy. It's related to the idea of a fusion of two levels of existence. So when we were looking at the circular diagram, the top half of that is the akdas level, the most holy level, and the muqaddas level of manifestation, the holy level, is what comes in the lower half. So let's just quickly look at the fourth line. Beitahu sidratul aliyah fina muassas. It's house. The high low tree is founded in us. It's house, a very odd term, bait, uh, because it could mean a tent. It could mean one line of the poem. It also obviously has associations with the Kaaba itself. But here, whatever this bait is, is the high low tree, the celestial bait. That is founded, fina, in us. One of the things to say about this is that we started with wawi yaka, yaka na'budu, it is you alone, we worship. So now in this fourth line, for the first time, we have the we coming in. So it is as if the whole poem is a meditation upon the Fatiha itself, upon the central line of the Fatiha. So if we thought of it in terms of the Kaaba, this bait, we would also have to think in terms of four sides, four corners, six faces, eight vertices, many other aspects of a singular house. So now I'm going to try and unpack some of the numbers in here. I'm looking now at the letter Sin, which is the letter in the rhyme. And it occurs in the rhyming letters five times. The value of scene is three, and if we multiply it, we get 15, which is six. So here we have an example of three within the six. This is no accident that Ibn Arabi is writing a poem on the wow, the six, and he's using a rhyme letter, which has a value of three, and also making sure that he's got four verses, so he ends up with five rhyming things, because the first hemistitch, the akdas, has to rhyme as well. We've also got in the second line a six-fold secret. So there's something going on with the number six, which we have to try to understand. From other parts of Ibn Arabi's writing, you'll know that the manifested human being has, is in six directions, and the wow is actually the equivalent of the complete perfect man. We also have the Kaaba, which has six faces. We also have the term in the third line, Ard Maqaddas, which adds up again to 15 or six. So we're getting reflections of this same principle in different places. Now let's look about the two, because we've already known that six is based on two and three. So we've talked about three. Here is the two. We know that the wow has two wows in it. So already it's a mirror letter. 
we also know that Iyaka is repeated twice in that central line. We know that all verses are made in two hemistitches. So we have to consider that this two-ness is, is going on through this, through this poem in a rather mysterious way. Now I mentioned earlier on that we have Akdas and Mukaddas. So if we look at the first hemistitch, the first part of each line, it is Akdas level. It is, as it were, divine level. If we look at the second part of each line, it is manifest level, created level. So if we look at the terms that have appeared in the first lines, we have perfected spirit, ruh mukammal. We have ayn, wholeness, we've translated it as, and sidrat al-aliyah, the high low tree, which is heavenly. At the mukaddas level, we have this musaddas idea, sixfoldness. We have the Holy Land, Ard Muqaddas, with all its associations with Jerusalem, because when it's mentioned in the Quran, this is associated with Moses not being able to go to Jerusalem. And we've got Fina, us, plurality. So you can see in the, in the, the second part of this poem, we've got the plurality side. Now we've got other numbers to consider because there are other ways of looking at a, a letter. We have, if we break up the letter wow into a W, an A, and a W, then the first W is a wow, the second A is an aleph, the third W is a wow. So these are what Ibn Arabi calls constituents of the letter, and he uh, is very well aware of what they do. So we have to consider that there's something also going on here. So you, if we total them up, we come to a, a total of 11. Now, the word ruh mukammal, this perfected spirit, also has identical number, 137, making 11. The wawiyaka, the wa'iyaka, not wawiyaka, but wa'iyaka, is 38, which is 11. The hua is 11. The name of the letter ya is 11. And why should that be significant? because Ibn Arabi says something to say about the word iyaka. He says there, is, there are two alifs in this word. First one is i, second one is a, and these are, between the two, there is a doubled ya. And when he's describing this in one of his works, he says, this ya is the total servant. And the ka belongs to, to God anyway. So everything belongs to God except the ya in the middle, which is the total servant. And the value of it is 11. Well, we have other numbers too. We have 10, could be one. So the title of the poem was Al-Wow, not just Wow. Al-Wow, so is four and six, which makes 10. Other terms, Sir Musaddas, this Sixfold mystery is 10. The total number of syllables in the poem is 10. The total abjad value of the poem is 10. And why 10 important? 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 is 10. Again, it's mentioned in various places in his writing. The 4 appears in the name itself. 
So we have a W, an A, a W, 616 makes four. Four verses in the poem. Major elements in the poem, spirit, mystery, earth and tree, four. And now an element that I wanted to bring in to explain there's something else going on, because if the wow is the symbol of the perfect man, then the manifestation, instantiation of the perfect man is the prophets and saints. We have four prophets who are alluded to in these terms. You might have already picked up that Isa, Jesus, uh, is, oft, is always referred to as Ruch. So Ruch Mukammal well, could be. We have Sir Musadas, the sixfold mystery. Does this not suggest the sixfold mystery of Solomon and the Solomon seal? We have Ard Muqaddas, which I've said has this uh, allusion to Moses quite definitely. And finally, Sidrat al-Aliyah, Aliyah, high, has very much a suggestion of Idris. All of these prophets have seen in their name. It gets worse. Now let's think about Wawiyaka, which comes to a total of nine. First two words. The word Ainuhu, this wholeness, all of it together, is nine. If we add up the four major terms, Ruh Mukammal, Sir Musaddas, Ard Muqaddas, Asirdat Al-Aliyad, it all comes to nine. The letter Seen appears in the poem nine times. And actually, when you count them up, there are nine prophets of Seen who have the letter Seen in their name. So it seems that within this apparently arbitrary use of scene, he's very conscious of alluding to things. What about the letter Wow? Well, if we count it up, it also appears in the poem nine times. In the first two lines, Wow, twice, Iyaka Akdasu min wujudi wanfas, fahwa ruhun muqammu. It turns out that there are nine prophets of Wow, and there are their names. Uh, it also turns out that Musa is the only one in both lists. And if we wanted to go one step further, we could say, in fact, there are ten Wows because the last one in the last line, which is actually a Hamza carrier, is therefore not sounded. If we counted that one, there would be 10 of the, of the wows, which would make 60, which would return us to six. So you can see that there is, within this poem, an enormous contemplation going on of different aspects, different lines of thought, different contemplative visions. And I shall just leave you with small calligraphy uh, which they come up with in Turkey quite commonly Ya Hu Ya Man Hu which in translation doesn't do it justice but O oh, He and O oh, You Who Is He so thank you very much